maybe uh, maybe it teaches you how to be a good content creator in your young age. What? what? Uh, knowing how to how to watch a sitcom about a blog. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't actually watch it. I just saw it for like a sec. Like I couldn't tell you like a plot of an episode. <laughs> well, that's good. Like, I, that's good. I just, I just remember the golden retriever talked, but it was one of those things where like it doesn't move. It just they just had a voiceover over the dog, and they're like, "Oh, it's talking." <laughs> <laughs> it's just wait. It's just the owner doing the dog's voice. Was yeah, it the pretty same much. Dog from Bush's Baked Beans. Probably. That's yeah, a very that popular dog. dog. That dog gets a lot of work. That dog couldn't keep a secret for shit. No, it couldn't. That dog was Airbud too. Dang. Those dogs, man. Probably, he, auditioned, probably he auditioned for Homeward Bound, but he didn't get it, you know, and you know, eventually he worked his way up. And so he probably did stunts for Lassie too. Oh yeah. Nah, Lassie was a little before his time, but his, his dad was was his his dad auditioned for Lassie. I'm just I'm aging, I'm aging myself. Oh yeah. I know Lassie, kind of. Rin Tin Tin, right? <laughs> sure. All right. That's cool, man. Uh that's fun. I'm not gonna put that part in there. I just thought it'd be I was gonna say, are we are we rolling or is this cold open? Like is this I don't know how this uh normally goes. Uh you know, I like to just do a little bit of banter a little bit and then introduce the show. It, okay. it makes people feel more included, I think. In my opinion anyway. That's fair. Is my audio coming in? I got a fan going on above me. I can turn it off if it's uh, if you can hear it. I don't believe so. Perfect. I have a fan above me too, so I think they cancel each other out. Good. <laughs> Who needs room tone when we just have the same room? Maybe, maybe. Just close the door mm-hmm. so we can't echo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my bathroom door's open. It's fine. Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And why are you laughing so hard? Because you're just like, hey, welcome. <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, we're here today with the comedian with the cool hair, Brian Boucher. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Whoa, cool hair. I didn't even think that'd come through on the Zoom screen. Thank you. That's... <laughs> I put zero prep into this, and it it looks good. Thank you, I appreciate yeah, that. Man. You're very cool. welcome. I Thank think all uh, dudes hate me. <laughs> you said something about your hair on your Twitter, so I figured it was part of your act. Yeah. Oh yeah. D- yeah. Yeah. Well, because like sometimes I'll do shows, and like some like the host of like an older bald guy, and he'll be like, "This next guy, I hate him," and then I go up and I'm like, <laughs> "Hi." I'm like, sorry. <laughs> that's cool i don't Does wear do hats tricks? i take care of my hair what i don't wear hats either i used to wear hats a lot in my 20s uh but i don't wear hats either and i think that's yeah cool. i've always been told you're not supposed to wear hats so you're supposed to move around the follicles and stuff so you know oh. is the video going out to anywhere by the way because i don't want to i don't want to tease people with these luscious locks and then all yeah of a sudden, no it's like, just it's just audio so if they want all right people to see you're gonna the have hair, to, you're you have to find you on social media or you gotta you, have to go you gotta use your imagination. Hell yeah, man! Go to a show. Oh, you have to find the shows. Yeah. I'm in New York. Hell yeah! You are. Uh, you're from Long Island. Yep. Oh yeah. I don't give off Long Island energy, but uh, <laughs> don't worry. The rest of my family does, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't give that energy off because you're trying to yeah. resist it. <laughs> I, oh, that's a hundred percent. What? It, listen, I got. Listen, I have. I have five cops and two pizza places in my family like it's very long island oh wow <laughs> oh yeah the pizza places if it helps though they are good objectively oh, nice. 
if they were bad, it'd be like, all right, come on. Like, but they're, they're good. I mean, if they're bad, then you just wouldn't mention them. Yeah. Well, it was in-laws that came into the family too. So when I found mm-hmm. that out, I was like, uh, like they, I went to their place one time and I was like, if this is bad, so help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, disgrace. <laughs> well, like my, my cousin-in-law was like, oh, come over. Like I'll, buy, I'll let you have a slice on the house. And I was like, all right, well, if it's bad, I'll, I'll definitely hold you to that. But if it's good, I'll pay for it. You know? Oh, nice. Excellent. Good. It's very That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, another thing about, I was watching some of your bits online. Um, not to age myself again, you did a bit where Billy Joel was one of the punchlines because if it was in where uh, Long Island would be at a Billy Joel concert, uh, is Billy Joel like a super icon out there in uh, New York, Long Island? I'm from the same hometown as him. Wow. wow. Yeah, I went to the same high school as him. Whoa. That's crazy. And uh yeah, he dropped out to go do this music thing. I mean, ugh, I, don't I mean, I hope know. it works out. I hope it works out for yeah, him. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's on the up and up, so hopefully it works out. But no, he uh he actually came back a couple years ago and like got like an honorary degree or something. And uh he came and did a speech and everybody's like, "I didn't like this speech." I'm like, "Shut up, he's here." Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so entitled. Like Billy Joel is here. <laughs> scenes from an Italian restaurant is about two blocks that way and you're like oh you know he could have cleaned it up a little bit like come on <laughs> oh, Jesus have you seen Ridiculous. him in concert? what's that? have you seen him live? Uh, I saw the closest thing I've seen was uh, like you know uh, 11 years ago when after Sandy they did that 12-12-12 concert at Madison Square Garden I did actually oh, watch man. that on TV uh, oh, that was okay. every that was every boomer's favorite lineup. It was like Eddie Vedder, Paul McCartney, uh, Tom Petty, Billy Joel, and then Kanye for some reason. Like he was very out of place in that. <laughs> it was like every white boomer's favorite musicians, and then Kanye, who just who was just on stage, no production design. He was wearing like a trash bag, and just I, I think he was I forget what song he played, but you could feel the audience was like very confused because it was just a bunch of old white people. <laughs> yeah uh i think he was trying to fit in though he was trash <laughs> oh uh, i mean i saw i saw billy joel in concert one time with my mom i was like 19 so this is like forever ago uh mm-hmm. but it was super fun it was it was a great time we were actually behind the stage we were like maybe five rows behind the stage so he had his back to us for most of the concert but we were like right there like very close to his back and then uh for one song he turned around and he faced us. And then he t- looked at the audience that was in the VIP deal in front. And he goes, who has the shitty seats now? And uh, he played a song facing us. So that was pretty neat. I, yeah, I have heard that he will purposely buy out the front row. And then he'll have people go into the back and find like some super fans and bring them up front. Because he doesn't oh, want wow. like so he doesn't cool. want the front row to be a bunch of suits that are like not paying attention. He wants like working class people who like can't necessarily afford those tickets but are like huge fans to go down there so i respect that i did not know that that's amazing granted he's in a position where he can do that because he sells out msg every you know every couple months but you know yeah right i mean the fact that he's you know he doesn't have to do that so the fact that he can he takes advantage of it so i respect him for that well next time you get on in the comedy seller make sure you buy all the tickets so you can uh give them to your friend. yeah next time <laughs> next time next time uh i'll call up i don't i'll call uh i can't even jokingly name the person i don't even know who books there Damn. uh but yeah next time totally next time hell yeah i just made up a place oh, yeah. so i don't know if that place actually exists what the comedy seller yeah yeah it's real I, I've, I've been there i just haven't actually like actually performed there 
That's cool, though. I took a class there a couple months ago. So I did like uh, the like uh, cellar underground or whatever. It's like around the corner. Oh, it's a cool room. Nice. I think that was uh, was that the room that was featured in uh, uh, Crashing? Not Crashing. Yeah, Crashing. I don't think I've I've never seen Crashing, so I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. That's so the cellar itself is downstairs. Like you have to go down like a staircase, and then it's there. But this village, it's village underground. It's around the corner, but it's like ground level. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. So what's it like for you growing up in Long Island? Oh God. On, on, I'm sorry. On Long Island? I don't even fucking know. It's on <laughs> Long Island, I think. But like, you know, these are the same people that get mad when you tell them that Brooklyn and Queens are technically on the same landmass. So you know, <laughs> like, no, it's not Long Island. I'm like, uh, the map begs to differ. So <laughs> you know, yeah, it was. Uh, it's very suburban, at least where I was. Uh, Long Island's an interesting spot. I always say it's like Jersey, but it doesn't get the crap that Jersey gets. You know, because, like, everyone's always like, oh, Jersey is the worst place in the country. I'm like, all right, like, we're here. Long Island is like Jersey if they had New York State economy. That's kind of how I view it. Where, like, <laughs> they, they get the money to finish the construction projects that make the highway smell. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think Jersey yep. has the worst rap, though, because of that television show. Jersey Which Shore. one? Which Jersey. one? All, so of them. All of them. No, but Jersey Shore, man. Two things. Number one, half of them are from Long Island anyway. Oh, or Staten dang. Island. And oh, number two, we have the Long Island medium. So, I mean, we're not much better. Yeah. And the Real Housewives <laughs> of Long Island, you know, and Carfellas. Carfellas is a great one. You should check that out. It lasted one season in like 2011. It's about three Italian dudes who I think they fix up cars. Is that, I think that's what it, or like they trade, they like flip cars or something, but like all they do is scream at each other in a very, very clearly scripted ways. <laughs> and they're from New York. So it's like Goodfellas, but it's with cars. Oh, that's exactly. I mean, one that's of the dudes awesome. literally has a, a tattoo of the Italian flag on his calf. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. It's like, and they're like, so Long Island is like the comedy scene in Long Island is really just governor's comedy club, um, brokerage and McGuire's, which are all, owned, they're three different clubs, but they're all owned by the same people. Um, so it's very like the, the comics that kind of go through there are very like, like the house comics are very like Italian, very blue collar, like those guys are friends with the owners, so they'll be at shows a lot. Oh wow, yeah. that's interesting. During during COVID, they had like a protest to like protest like you know um, not being able to open up indoor venues, and like they were there. Like there was like pictures with the Carfellas guys like posing with people, like like fuck you Cuomo, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, this feels very correct. I don't. It just feels right. It does absolutely. Does. They're just passionate. They're just <laughs> very passionate. <laughs> Very passionate. So at what point in your life did you discover and kind of fall in love with stand-up comedy? Yeah. So it's kind of a weird, uh, I loved it for a while, but I didn't, it never occurred to me for a while that I could actually do it. You know what I mean? Um, so like I probably got into it when I was like 13, 14. Like my first big comic that I liked was, and I know it's kind of an edgelordy uh, name, but George Carlin was the first one that I really got into. Um, and I found him out when he died. I, I remember seeing online, like on like AOL News or something, I saw like George Carlin dead at 72 or whatever it was. And I had heard of him. Like I I knew who he was. I knew he was like considered like one of the greatest comedians of all time, but I didn't really like watch him too much. Um, so that day I was like, I was like, a, it was in the summer. I was at home from school and I was like, all right, let me check out George Carlin. And I became the most edgelordy 13 year old on the planet. Like that's not... <laughs> 
that's not a good age to get exposed to George Carlin because you're already Mm -hmm. angry. And now it's like, (laughs) all right, you're like, listen, the elites are going to fucking go fuck yourself. Like, it's just, it's not. I like brag to people about how I was the first atheist in Hicksville High School. Like, it was not good. It was rough, but you know, then my, the other people I liked, I liked Russell Peters, you know, I really liked, uh, like Pablo Francisco, like his, like, uh, his movie trailers bit. I always loved that. Um, you know, Dane Cook, you know, back when he was big for like 2006 and that was it. Yeah. No, I wasn't waiting to Dane Cook back in the day. Um, oh, yeah. but I'm saying about Carlin, I could see like not really being into him as a kid because the things he would say would probably go over a lot of kids' heads, you know, you had to be a little bit older to really grasp what he was talking about. Um, but he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. I, mean, I pretended I got what he was talking about. I think a lot of that stuff now hits a little better now because I'm an adult and I get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like when you're a kid, you're just like, yeah, he says fuck you a lot. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> all right. <laughs> My first introduction with George Carlin though was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, that's wow. that's what made me really like him as like like this really cool dude and then i found out later that he did stand-up comedy and i was like what the hell it like blew my mind wow yeah i I didn't realize i think the first time i saw him was in scary movie three and he was in like the matrix parody oh dang and i I didn't know who he was i was just like oh this old guy and then i was like oh that's (laughs) one of the most decorated comedians of all time you know it's like Hell yeah. you know good for him he, he's awesome he like reinvented himself a bunch of times and he everything really did. yeah that's a tough yeah. have you seen do, his especially. documentary uh i mean there's a documentary for everything so who knows <laughs> yeah there's it's too many not, documentaries um, we really like we don't need that many documentaries these days you know yeah well it's a docuseries so it's a little bit different okay uh but it came out like a year or two ago it's really good if you get a chance i do recommend watching it uh let's look this up documentary oh i yeah I remember this. Yes, I remember when this came out. Um, it had that really cool poster where it was like him and then like on his head, it was like a bunch of different versions of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I'm a, listen, I'm a sucker for a good like poster because I think it's kind of a lost art form. Like if you can make a really good eye-catching poster that's like creative and like speaks to what the subject of the piece is, it's like, all right, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Especially like since I'm into comedy and wrestling. You know, I, I'll take oh, a good poster any day. I bet. And music. I love music, too. All those, all those kinds of posters and shit. Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so so at what point did you, like, decide that comedy was something you wanted to do? So uh, let's take it back a little bit. So George Carlin, I became very angsty, very angry. I was not, I was a very shy, like, kid. Like, when I was in high school, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I was very quiet. I didn't really go out and do a lot. I mean, you know. 10th grade you could count the number of times I went out on a Friday night on one hand like it was you know um so towards the end of high school I had some friends that were into like theater and and stuff like that and they did like they were in this like independent like improv group that they all kind of formed together and like do shows at like this local community center um so I saw that and then I was like I like I remember being very like in awe of the fact they were able to just go up on stage and do a thing. So I was like, I want to do that. Like, I don't like how shy I am. I want to be outgoing. I want to be someone who can put myself out there. Um, so I, I did, I tried a little bit of theater. Um, I auditioned for Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream coat. I, I can't sing. I just, I can't, <laughs> I was like, listen, this isn't about music. This is about funny. Okay. I don't care. Um, 
And then auditioned for the spring show. I got a call back, you know, and then I, I didn't end up getting cast. Um, college, I decide I'm going to do improv. So I became an improv boy for a little oh, while. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It is. Well, for me, I'm in the outside. Yeah. Looking. yeah. <laughs> I'm on the outside. Looking. I was, I always put it this way. Good improv is really, really good. Bad improv is, oh boy, it's rough. <laughs> Like yeah, I say, no, like I improv is a improv has a wider spectrum of good to bad than stand up. Like stand up, bad stand up is like, all right, whatever. There's only how bad can it be? It's just a person saying terrible things on stage, you know. But good stand up's <laughs> really good. But like great improv is like like standing ovation level good, and then bad improv, like you're like, oh no, because it's like watching um, it's like watching a couple silently fight in an airport. You know what I mean? Like, it's just all that, like, you could feel all those terrible feelings, but it's not really entertaining to watch. I think <laughs> that's kind of how it Well, because when people aren't in sync, like, you have to be really in sync with everyone you're in a scene with. And if you're not, it's like, you're just like, fuck. Like, there's no way to really, you can, but it's really hard to, like, kind of build yourself up in the middle of a show, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so how was, uh, how was it when you started doing improv? Um, I was really bad, Oh, dang. really bad because I hadn't performed. I barely knew how to speak in a conversation, let alone like in a performing, <laughs> you know, um, so I was so behind and that's the thing about me. I realized is that it, with any skill, I feel like I always really, really suck at something like worse than everybody else. But then out of pure spite, I get way better. Like I, nice. I not to brag. I have a lot of, uh, what's the word? Um, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, improv trophies. Improv trophies. I Is wish. that what you have a lot of? No, I was going to say I have a lot of, uh, God, what's the word? Perseverance, I guess. Is that the word? Like, I'll just, I'm not, okay. like, I will I will keep going. And I'll be like, no, I'm going to get good at this. I don't care. Out of spite. Out of spite. <laughs> um, so, so I got very good. I, I got good. You are two, a New within, Yorker, man. I really am. I'm like, I'm going to succeed just out of spite. Um, but yeah, I got very good. Um, I got really good at it. Um, I feel like if today, if I looked back on videos of me doing improv, I'd be like, that was garbage. But at the time I was like, this is pretty good. <laughs> um, and then while I was in college, one of my troop members, uh, a couple of them actually, but one really in particular did stand up. Um, and there was like an open mic at the school, like every Thursday at like the library. And it was mostly music and really bad slam poetry. Um, so a couple of us would just go and just try to work on jokes and stuff. And the crowd there actually really liked us because we were like the only people doing stand up. So they were like, good refresher, please something new, you know? So that was kind of nice. Um, you know, and then I didn't really start doing stand up a lot, a lot until really like early 2018. Like that's really when I got into it. My first show was a bringer at Gotham, oh, nice. you know, on like a Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. um, We've all done then, those. Not a Gotham. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, I've done quite a few of those. I've done uh, <laughs> done many of them. Um, now I just book my own shows. I'm like, why don't I just do 30 and bring 15 people and just record it? You know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, so I uh, started doing it then, and that's kind of where I haven't really done improv at all since like 2020. I mean, I I did a I did some stuff at the Magnet Theater after that. I was actually very close to being able to audition for a house show or a house team there. Uh, and then COVID happened. So, whoops, uh, everything got shut down. And I just, I haven't really gotten back into improv since. Um, I just, I kind of did a lot of Zoom stand up, uh, you know, 
which actually I feel like kind of helped me personally because at the time I wasn't a good writer with stand up. Like I would I would have some funny jokes but it was more like the blind squirrel finding the nut where I just didn't really know why it worked. I just kind of happened to like trip into a good joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been there. So, so during COVID, I kind of was like just very focused on writing, just very focused on like how to structure a joke and how to make it work. And, you know, as a result, I became a pretty good writer and I think I'm good at it. I mean, I don't know, you know, uh, you can't really see it right here, but I'm so, I'm such a, fucking psycho that's a whiteboard full of jokes right there oh nice oh that's yeah. cool though it's a good way to keep track Hell yeah. just just imagine it to the viewers to the people listening just imagine a big whiteboard behind my head full of stuff um let's see uh karate is like dance for boys stuff like that <laughs> Cause you don't really, uh, you, you don't really learn to fight when you take Taekwondo. You basically just learn how to do a choreographed set of moves. You know, like that's not going to help you if you're getting mugged, <laughs> you know, not some dude's not going to be like, give your money. Like, hold on. Let me do combination three. I got you right now. Like, hold on. Like, bow I, and like I think after all that karate, you could probably run faster. Um, you would think. <laughs> I could, I could listen. I could run really fast through a wooden board that's specifically designed to get broken by a six-year-old. I can do that. Wait, did you take karate? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. So you speak from experience. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I went to. It was. It was not good. It was a karate camp run by like a fucking a white dude named Mike. So already, <laughs> like we were Cobra Kai. My parents were setting me up to be Cobra Kai. Like, come on. In fairness, it was an offshoot of a, like a different school that was run by an old Korean guy. So I don't, I haven't seen Karate Kid enough to know if that's the story. But like, we might literally have been Cobra Kai because I don't know if that was a thing where like the the bad guy in that movie and the Karate Kid like used to be under Mr. Miyagi, but then left. I don't know. But if that is, my mom really set me up to be the bad guy here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like got it. my I got my black belt at age like eleven. So I'm like, all right, I feel like this isn't legitimate. <laughs> it was just memorizing forms. Like you just be like, uh, 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 uh. like just do that in a choreographed, like rehearsed way, and you get your another color. I'm like, I feel like this isn't legitimate. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I agree because uh, you remember when Riley was taking karate, and then. Uh, my son's grandma was trying to show off that she took some karate with, you know, my son. And then at a party, she kept saying, okay, let me show you some moves. I know, uh, grab my arm, grab my arm. And we were looking at her like, nobody is going to assault you and say, Hey, wh- where would you like me to grab you from? <laughs> well, in fairness, no in fairness, they're not going to say, where do you want me to grab you? Cause she said my arm. Grab my arm. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say she was going to do a thing from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, my gosh. That's so freaking That'd be even better. She's going to break the wrist, walk away. Break the yeah. wrist, walk away. <laughs> That's, that wasn't, my, the place I went to wasn't that ridiculous. It was like a couple steps below, but it was like similar. Not, it was, it was in that same direction. So do you think the improv helped you uh when you started off stand-up like do you think that they gave you like the stage presence and stuff uh yes and no uh to some degree i think improv and stand-up are kind of the opposites in a lot of ways um because stand-up you know 
you go up and you have your jokes and you know, like, this is how you say this joke. This is the timing. This is, you know, you put it before this joke, you put it after this one. Um, but you do have to be kind of open to the idea of like, you might get crowd work. You might have a crowd that's not into certain jokes. You have to change up your material a little bit. Um, whereas improv, it's kind of different because it is completely made up on the spot. But if you're doing like a long form show, there is a structure to it. You know, you're doing a Herald or an Armando or whatever, like you're doing those, those types of improv games. They do have a structure like, okay, scene, 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 some sort of game, scene, 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 some sort of game. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, controlled, um, you know, it's like, how do I put this? Stand up is like scripted with some improv. Improv is improv with some level of scripting, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's. I never thought of it that way. That's very that's very smart. Yeah. Um, and then when I was doing improv in college, like I was known for doing a lot of like voices and act outs. Like I was the impressions guy. Like I was oh. known for, which is weird because I don't really do that in stand up because I think I was like afraid to. Um. So I, I like I could imp- I could Im- I could imitate every single person in our team when I was in college, like every single one. I remember like our last show, I literally just imitated every like for one of the one of the uh, games we did. I just imitated every single person in the group that was leaving, just to like. <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome! That's crazy. Yeah, though. it was great. <clears throat> um, but yeah, in stand up, I I didn't really do that as much, and I think it was because. I had to like learn how to formulate a joke and you know, anytime you try to do like a big act out or a voice at an open mic, it never works. You know what I mean? Like it always comes, it always falls flat because the audience wants jokes because they're all comics that are just working on their own material. So when you try to do something a little more like esoteric and a little more like, you know, there's not going to be a big punch at the end. It's just the idea that gets laughs. Um, it's just hard to do that. So I, in, in an open mic setting. So I, I kind of uh, stopped and got away from that a little bit. I'm trying to get back into it now. Cause I'm like, all right, there's too many white guys that are boring. I need to not <laughs> yeah. do that. There's so many white dudes. They're like, okay, so I was at the bicycle store the other day and I, I went to the bicycle store. And the thing about it is uh, sometimes you go to a store and, and the, the person there will be like, it's like, shut up. Like who cares? Well, you're still young in your comedy career. I think, once you know you get a solid foundation and you're more comfortable with it, you can you can probably add impressions into it more uh, more improv style as well. Oh yeah, and I got you know like I do certain like I got my Bobby Boucher impression, you know like oh well I gotta go to the Mets game and then I'm gonna play guitar and after that I'm gonna go to school and then I'm gonna roll some doobies. Like I can do Adam Sandler. All That's awesome. Day. I could do SpongeBob. You know I could be like ah! like you know it's not hard. That's pretty cool. How long have you been doing impressions? Um, I mean, really, since I was like 13, like I was the kid on Xbox Live that would like just do voices into the mic on on Halo, you know, like, I, <laughs> well, because I was really into anime when I was a kid. I mean, I still kind of am, but like I was really into like voice actors. Like I would love to hear like, oh, who's this ca- This actor plays this character, but he also plays this. And like, I was always really into like the acting side of it. I was always like, oh, like, it's so cool. how Like this actor sounds totally different playing this character versus this one um so like i've always wanted to do that and voiceover is even something that i've always like wanted to get into but i just didn't really know how to do it you know and i'm kind of trying to get into that now okay Um, that would be good for you to get into oh yeah for sure the problem is like animation voiceover is like there's like like nothing it's like you know maybe five percent of the work is doing fun animation stuff the rest of it is like audiobooks Uh, and you know 
there's also a lot of, oh, that's probably all going to get replaced with AI at some point. Uh, yay. So Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, it's good to have a backup plan if you make that your career. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It may, it may. Um, but, you know, you, you can't beat the classic, you know, impressions and voice and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the I thing. Think... Whenever I go on, whenever I go on YouTube and I see like, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, Evanescence goofy cover AI, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. If it's not a person, I don't care. Oh, dude, I see. Oh, I saw wow. on, on YouTube, it was like Eminem songs that are AI. And it's yeah, I'm so like... weird. And like, it doesn't fully like make sense. And, and it's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. If I see the word AI in the title, I hit not interested. I'm like, nope, nope, yeah. I'm going to kill this. It's a fruitless effort because the younger generation will be like, who cares, grandpa? I'm like, <laughs> I care. I do, but I don't care. I know you don't because you've grown up here. This is all you know. Yeah, no, that is. It's crazy. It's everywhere. It's taking over. Like like you said, it's voice. It's it's now it's like art. You can do AI art. All these. Oh, yeah. I work for an art gallery, crazy. so I, I see it a lot. Oh wow! So you see it yeah. in, in more than one way. Yeah. Oh yeah. We uh we just had one. We had a a talk, and one of the one of the NFT artists had a whole thing where she was like, you know, there's a misconception that AI steals art. It doesn't. It just takes art that we put into it, and then it mashes it together. I'm like, this is just the AI version of it. it's not plagiarism. It's research. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> like you're still like you're just putting stuff into a program, and then it just spits out an amalgamation of it. Like you're not really. I know that's going to be the norm at some point, but like, don't I mean, act eventually, like this is... right. Eventually it'll create something out of nothing, but yeah. not yet. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a few, I have a few uh, friends who are like VFX uh, artists and they've said like, AI is not at all at a place where it can take anyone's job right now. Yeah. Like no. she was like, and one of my friends was like, yeah, you could have AI do VFX, but it would make so many problems that would take weeks to fix that. If I did it, I wouldn't have made those problems and I could have had it done in a few days. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you're basically like, sure, you could have the, the, you know, you can have the AI do it, but then you're paying someone to fix the issues that would have been avoided. Even person, more so. so than you'd be paying the original person. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you're an artist, those, you have to like, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, see those days where AI is going to take our jobs. I mean, that's probably not going to happen in our lifetime. Hopefully not. I mean, again, exponential growth is one of those things, but I think it is, again, anytime there's a new technology, the part that people forget is that that technology is not going to be implemented well because it's being done by corporate ceos who suck at their jobs and are just like oh this is cheaper do that and it's like all right well there's a lot of logistical stuff you're not thinking about but they're like i don't care it'll look great for the shareholders i'm like okay i don't even know what shareholders are (laughs) (laughs) hey so back to the voice stuff um I think that, like you said earlier, it's a good way to separate yourself from from all the other what you know white guys that are doing comedy oh yeah so that's that's good. I think once you're able to implement that, that'll be really good. Have you done anything else like besides just like comedy or improv or anything like that with your impressions or your voiceover stuff? Um, not really. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm I work at an I work at a place where I'm by far the funniest person there. Um, so that's good. You know, I'm the funniest when I go to when I go work out at Crunch. I'm absolutely the funniest person in that room. So that's good. Like always, yeah. doesn't matter. You ever been to Crunch? There's no funny people there. When you have abs, you're not funny. It's a sorry. Hot I think take. It takes away your funny when 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 you chisel that stuff. I know. I'm sorry, Matt Rife. Like, there's only you can only be so <laughs> funny. Like, I'm sorry. Like, good job. Like, riding that wave. But like, I'm sorry. Like, you, I would have done the same thing. But I'm sorry. You know, dragging a, a famous comic in the middle of a podcast. How cool am I? 
I'm sure he's a nice dude, but it's just like there's only so funny he can be, you know. It's better than in the middle of an open mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. No. Oh, you're on the West Coast. I'm sure there's a lot of that too with him specifically. Uh, there's everything. You know, everything that happens. You know, the submarine jokes, all those things, and you know, there's all that stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I like when that Ocean Gate thing happened. I was like, I'm not even gonna touch it. I just can't. <laughs> it's just nothing. Same. The only no, reason I, I mean, same. I had that reel about the Gilgo Beach thing. The only reason I had that was because I was like, this is personal to me. Okay, I have a I have a reel about the Gilgo Beach Killer, and I remember that story. I was like in high school, and that was like a thing. And then I saw that that those bodies were found on the beach at in 2010, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm old." Wow, wow, I didn't that's know been this. 13 years. It took 13 years to find this dude. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason I even like I I want to get better doing current events jokes, but it's also like it's tough because there's such a small shelf life. You know, and if you don't yeah. get booked a lot, there's nowhere to really do it in a meaningful way. So by the time you get on another show, you're like, all right, well, this is, you know, it's gone. So. Yeah. So what was your life like, like 2018 when you're doing comedy and improv? Um. Well, 2018, I was still living at home on Long Island. Um, yay. Um, I just graduated college. Uh, I actually briefly... I mean, as long as you could, I worked at a performing arts camp um, up in Connecticut. Uh, it was like a sleepaway camp. It was for improv sketch and stand up. Um, oh, so cool. it was this very fancy camp um, full of very rich kids. I mean, all their parents lived on the Upper East Side. Um, and basically, they were different shops with different artists. There was like a glass blowing shop. There was crafts. There was, you know, printing on T-shirts and stuff like there was all different camps. So I was the uh, the clown shop head. So that was comedy stuff. So like I said, it was it was sketch. We would do two big sketch shows every summer. Um, we would do um, we would do improv shows like every week, like once a week, we do an improv show. And then we would do a little bit of stand up. We did some stand up uh, workshops. There weren't that many kids that were that interested, unfortunately, but we did have uh, some stuff. We actually had um, that was kind of fun because one of the alumni at the camp is uh, Mike Kaplan. So he actually I got to know him a little bit. Uh, He came up a few times. Uh, He was very cool, dude. You know, he's, he's exactly like his persona. Like when you watch him on stage, that is that is him. Like he's very like. You know, I'm like, oh, how was the drive? Oh, the drive was really good. I mean, it was really good, but sometimes it wasn't good. But that is how it works because life is I'm like, okay, you are real. <laughs> yeah. you. He's he's a, he's a cool dude, though. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. I got to know him a little bit. Uh, I got to talk to him about like writing a little bit. And he's he's a guy who's fun to talk about writing with because, you know, if you ever watch him, he's so mile a minute, like just so like, you know, bullet quick, like just boom, 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 joke, 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 um, which I love. I think that's great. He's one of my favorite comics. I mean, my favorite comedians right now are like people like that that are super rapid fire. I mean, Jordan Jensen is probably my favorite right now, but Mike Kaplan's definitely up there. Hell yeah. Nice. That's awesome. If you're not familiar with Jordan Jensen, she is like one of the few comics in New York mm-hmm. I would pay money to see. She's that okay. good. Nice. Like she should be bigger than she is. She probably will. She's going to blow up at some point, like, like really, really blow up, but she's really, really good. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to look into her and see, see what she's yeah. doing. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so what's it like for you when the pandemic happens? Um, well, I, I also got kicked out of my apartment at that point, too. That was oh, fun. That's yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, lived, I lived with a couple. And uh, then, like, February 1st of that year, uh, the they come up to me and they're like, hey, so uh, 
the girl was like, my parents are getting divorced and my mom has nowhere to stay. So we're going to have her live in your room. And I wasn't on the lease. So I was like, well, all right. You know, ended up finding a five bedroom in Brooklyn. Um, I lived with one girl who never came out of her room. Uh, one dude who went home after he moved in and didn't come back for like four months. Um, one dude who had a girlfriend who had a two-year-old boy who would be running up and down the living room all day, every day. And then, uh, this dude that, uh, uh, that moved in like a month later who uh, got married and divorced like three times while we were living there. So (laughs) it was wild. It was good. That sounds sounds wild. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we ran an open mic on the rooftop of the building. Uh, that was fun. Was that during um, COVID I, or was that right before COVID? It was during. Yeah, I moved oh, in wow. April 2020. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. So during the summer, we ran a, we ran an open mic on the rooftop, which was actually great. That is so Because cool. I got to network with a lot of comedians I wouldn't have normally been able to network with. I should have done, I should have networked with them more, to be honest. I'm not good at networking. Like, I'm not good <laughs> at talking to people. I really should have done that more. But, you know, a lot of those people now are now off touring and and, you know passed at the cellar and headlining across the country and yada, yada. So I was like, man, I missed some opportunities there to like really get to know people, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, they still know you, you know, you had them on a, on a rooftop. So yeah. I'm like, listen, you came to my mic. You, you owe me. You came to my, you came on my roof, man. Yeah, you sure did. (laughs) Into the junkyard right next to it. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was it was not the the Kate, the wiring for the Wi-Fi was terrible because it was like on a down. There was like a yard right behind it and the tower was like down, like just on the ground. And they were like, this is fine. And then we <laughs> wondered why our Wi-Fi was so spotty. <laughs> so you're going from from Long Island to Brooklyn. What's that like? Um, I wouldn't say it was anything crazy. I guess like it happened very happenstance. Like I just was like one day I was just in a bad mood and I was like. I like texted my friend, like, you know, when looking for a roommate and he was like, yeah, actually I do. And then that's how it kind of went from there. (laughs) Um, Just pure happenstance. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess it was kind of nice. I mean, I would say my experience wasn't terrible. I already had had a job in the city. So I, the transition wasn't too bad. I worked at this, uh, I work in video production. So I was working in video for like this very small company um, where I made not so great money, but um when the pandemic hit i was fully remote with them and i was until i left like last year so that was very nice um i was looking for another job right before covid hit and then that happened i was like i'm just gonna stay here because i don't know what the what the hell the job market is gonna look like right now um i was very lucky because they did lay off a lot of people and i was able to keep my job so i was like oh Oh, good yeah i was like good good because i ran live streams for these like um different conferences and seminars and stuff like very boring, like office stuff. Um, so I was running them through my apartment's ethernet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Like hundreds of people were watching live streams that were running through one 25 year olds, uh, crown heights, Wi-Fi. It was very fun. <laughs> and you just the Wi-Fi was wasn't great. Oh, it was bad. Like it would go down constantly. It was the worst. It was so <laughs> bad. Like every single day, it'd just be like crashing. It oh, was, yeah, it was awful. Uh, yeah. Luckily, uh, next apartment I went to, I was like, I, I'm getting good Wi-Fi. I want, I want the best. I want it hardwired. I want, I, I am not dealing with this ever again. Um, 
So yeah, that was great. Um, but yeah, comedy was great. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I mean, it sucks to say, but I do think COVID did help me just to kind of like put everything in a pause. Like I was not feeling great about myself as an artist or as a comedian. I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think it was better for me to just relax and just worry about like, oh, this is, I just want to do, just focus on how to write a joke, focus on how to, you know, like do Zoom mics, do Zoom shows, like just do that and get to know people from around the world. Um, and just, you know, not worry about like, oh, I wasn't funny in this open mic. It's more like, oh, I wasn't funny in the Zoom call. I'm going to go into another one right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, point, there was a point where like in. every night, there was like three or four Zoom there, mics a, a day. It was, was crazy. So yeah, there were so many. I was going to say two years in, you're still kind of finding your voice, you know? So it's so it's a kind of okay in that point to feel lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, of course. But, like that's, you know. Yeah, but you kind of had a, 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 the COVID kind of gave you a chance to, to kind of take a step back and and put it in more perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm still finding my voice now. I feel like I'm only just now at a point where I feel like I'm like good, you know? Yeah, dude, like, I've been no. doing it for 13 years and I feel like I'm finally to a point where I'm good. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's always going to be that way. Like, I'll be 20 years in. I'm like, no, I'm just now getting good. You know? <laughs> like, it's just, watch out, boys. The career starts now. Like, you know. When I said I was getting good five years ago, this time I really mean it. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you're always improving. You're always going to be better than you were at last. So it's like, you know, if, if it gets to a point where I'm like, all right, now I'm bad. Like, that's not going to be fun. I went the now opposite I direction. Suck at this. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. But you know, it was, how'd, it was good in that regard. How'd you uh, get connected with the zoom uh, world? Uh, I just, people I knew, I mean, there's a Facebook group, New York. It's now called the New York city comedy scene, I believe. um it was like in it was like new york indoor and then parentheses said outdoor oh i remember that yeah yeah it's now just new york comedy scene but yeah that was a facebook group that was started to let people know like where zoom mics were happening or outdoor mics or whatever um my name is on the spreadsheet many times on that because i have mics that changed and they just never updated it sometimes i still get dm'd on instagram people like can i set up your mic the tiny covered i'm like i haven't hosted that in months dude But I'm like, still follow me though. That's that's fine. Please do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was it, it was nice to just go and like it was nice because it was very condensed. Like everywhere, there was only so many places you could go, so it was impossible not to run into people, you know, and and get to know people and stuff. So that was it was a lot of fun in that regard. Awesome. Yeah, I did an outdoor show where I hosted it and I introduced Sam Morell and Rachel Feinstein. Like I wouldn't have been wow. able to do that. Yeah, like I was at it was a New Year's Eve show and I'm there, I'm hosting. It's like a couple like comics that are like good, you know, and then the host comes up and he's like, oh, or the producer. He's like, oh, by the way, uh, Sam and Rachel are coming over. I'm like, who? He's like, you know, Sam Morell and Rachel Feinstein. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So I like went up, I introduced myself. I was like, oh, hey, what's going on, Brian? Like, you know, is there anything you want me to plug? You know, and Sam's like, oh, just tell him I got a couple specials. I'm like, okay. Like, (laughs) no, I mean, he was super chill. He was like, whatever. He went up, did a couple minutes, you know. Rachel Feinstein awesome. was like, where's the bar? I'm like, over there. <laughs> you know, it's closed. It's COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool, though, because even those people are looking for places to go and, and do comedy and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it was nice. They just popped in, did some time, and I got to introduce them, and it was great. Uh, so, But I wouldn't have been able to do that without COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who booked Sam Morell uh, to headline a backyard show out on Long Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know? They and they got Mark Norman too. I didn't go to the Norman one, but I went to the Sam Morell one, and they they got them to come to some backyard shows. And you know, they they had someone drive them out from the city, 
Uh, they paid him. I don't know how much they paid him, but I know it was quite a bit of cash. But, you know, you know, that that's stuff that you wouldn't have been able to do if not for the pandemics, because those guys are headlining all over the place right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. At that point, they're they're kind of desperate for work mm-hmm. as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, we'll pay you 20 bucks and some bubble gum. I'll be there. <laughs> it was, uh, I remember I went to go say goodbye to the, the guys and I saw they had a big wad of cash on them. So I was like, all right, I'm going to not, I'm going to leave them alone. It was, they paid them quite a bit still. Damn. But I do remember seeing them with a big wad of cash, like kind of getting it ready, like by like outside. And I was like, all right, I'm going to not bother them while they have <laughs> that in their hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So were you hosting a bunch of stuff during the pandemic? Or was it after? Uh, I mean, b- during, after, you know, um, I-, I did a lot of stuff at like the tiny cupboard in Bushwick, uh, which at one time was like the only comedy venue in New York city. Um, they were doing a lot of rooftop shows. Um, the rooftop is now no longer operational. I got shut down because the only way to get up on it was to get on the fire escape. Oh, um, oh but they do have, yeah. Um, it was cool though. It was right. The only thing that sucked about it is that it was like there was a fence behind you and it had like a big neon sign that said tiny cupboard. It was very cool. But the J train would run right through it. So every couple <laughs> minutes you'd hear like, like just go by. <laughs> it got to the point where when I would do like a show or a mic there, like the owner was like, don't even make a joke about the train because we've heard every possible thing you could say about that train. And I was like, fair enough. Like just power through it, just power through it. It's fine. <laughs> Do you have to literally stop talking and let it go by? It kind of a little bit, or you could just project over it. But like it was, it was tough. It was one of the things where like you could project over it, but it was you're still you're kind of like you know you're like bank robberies are great because sometimes you have to go. It's, you know, like it's just it's to the point where you're like, all right, just just try and time it so the laughter happens during the the train going by. You know, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, now they're they're in the same building, but they're downstairs on the ground floor. They have a big they have the the church is what they call it. They have a, it's like a big pink room, um, and I've seen it slowly morph from like a big white room with just some folding chairs to like an actual like really nice venue. So like they've done a really yeah. good job over there. That's awesome. Which that's that's, that's awesome. kind of cool seeing the metamorphosis of that. Heck yeah, yeah, and they're able to kind of keep themselves going during the pandemic with the rooftop shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Like that was like the place to be for a little while. Cause it was like, there was nowhere else to, that was like doing comedy shows. That is so cool. That is really it was cool. very cool. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. So what's it like for you when the pandemic lifts and you're back out into the world? Um, I wasn't getting booked as much, uh, or rather like you have to like go out and like start going networking with clubs and stuff and you kind of figuring out where you want to go. Um, and I don't really have a lot of great relationships with any clubs at the moment, unfortunately, just because I'm not good at networking. Um, and a lot of those require recommendations and all that. So now I'm kind of in a place where I'm just trying to decide what I want to do. I've gone on the road a few times, um, which I find I, I like doing. I like being a road comic. Um, you can actually catch me in Seattle headlining at a comedy bar on Capitol Hill in wow. August 11th. Uh, so if you want to, if anyone's listening, what, when does this podcast come out? Uh, probably not by then. <laughs> oh. oh, well, oh, well. How was it? Uh, it was great. <laughs> I, oh my God. There were 17 talent agents in the crowd. It was crazy. Oh man. You're famous now. Thanks yeah. For the the president of NBC was like, Hey, I own the company. You should actually be the CEO. I was like, all right, if you say so. <laughs> I'm like every cast member on Saturday Night Live now. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you doing improv? 
no son of a gun no i'm not doing improv this isn't improv what i'm no budding <laughs> that, didn't, no that, that didn't work we were that's the role of improv about... you're not supposed to know but you're supposed to yes and <laughs> we were talking about how you uh don't really have that long island vibe to you um but i know that some people even though they don't have those things even though they don't like um exert it sometimes when they get like really anxious or um really angry at somebody it comes out does that ever come out for you when you're anxious or angry at somebody um anxious angry no but i do do the long island accent a lot for fun (laughs) just when i'm just like when i'm home and i'm like all right let's see what we got for dinner here we got some pasta we got some noodles we got some busghetti you know hey we got some balsamic like i'll do that for fun I, like I know it well. I have. I'm not. I'm not actually Italian, but I have. I have family, uh, like by marriage, who are very Italian. So, like, I've been around it a lot. So, I I know the accent well. <laughs> like the imagine? kind that call it. They're like, "Hey, pass the moots." Like they don't call it. <laughs> they call it mozzarella. Oh <laughs> wow! Or prosciutto. You know. Nice. They're just like, what if we just take the last six letters of the word and don't say it? <laughs> basically it and that's italian for you, mm-hmm. you imagine, oh yeah that's also french can you imagine if he had like uh he was doing that voice in his apartment and then like his neighbors thought he had like a very <laughs> long island like partner <laughs> they're like we never see your 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 partner ever leave the apartment oh he lives I'm honestly, I'm totally cool with my neighbors thinking I'm fucking weird. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> if I ever get around to producing a show, I'm totally knocking on the door being like, hi, come to this show. You know, like, I'll do it. I don't care. Right up to the ring camera. Oh, 100%. Well, we don't have one of those here, but we do. We just have a bell. Oh, Someone likes to ring it every night at one in the morning. And I'm like, who are you? Oh, wow. Oh, for, oh from outside? Yeah, someone rings oh, it like wow. every night at one in the morning and I just ignore it. And like, because I made the mistake one time, I was like on the intercom that doesn't work. I was like, who are you? And the guy was like, Burr. like I couldn't understand a word he said. So I was just like, I'm not letting you in. And then he just kept ringing for like another like 10 minutes. Oh, like, I mean, just laying into it. So I was like, cool, I'm not doing that ever again. <laughs> you can't like stop it or turn the volume down or something? No, as far as I know, I can't. Wow. I mean, they if I just don't answer, they just assume I'm not home and they probably move on to the next person. I can't tell if it's a homeless guy or just Amazon doing a delivery at like midnight. I cannot tell. I mean, I can see like somebody who's kind of, you know, mentally unstable going and just pushing all the buttons. That's the thing. I'm like, it could be that. I don't know. But point is, if it's not a delivery, if it's not Grubhub, I, if I didn't order Grubhub, I'm not letting them in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's I, why that, that system's in place. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> basically. My my old apartment's had a, a camera on it, which is very nice, but this one does not, unfortunately. So oh. we all got to make sacrifices in this dog eat dog world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, what are some things in comedy that you're looking to accomplish in the next year or two? I want to get on the road more for sure. Um, I I want to do that because I find I love doing the road. It's easier to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fun. I want to try and produce my own show. Um, I'm looking into, I'm kind of debating between whether or not I want to do like a standard, you know, weekly or bi-weekly bar show, or if I want to do something that's a little bigger and a little more production value where I put money into, excuse me, um, where I put money into like marketing and 
and making sure like I pay comics really good money and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's a, it's tough to kind of balance those two or both. Um, I want to do some more online content. Um, I've been posting a lot more reels. Um, yeah, I've seen some of those. They're fun. They're Yeah. Oh yeah. They're fake. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know that, but they're fake. I blatantly, I don't care. I shot them. I, I shot them right there. I just put a backdrop <laughs> up because my feeling is online content is not real. I don't give a shit. Like nobody's watching TikToks and like really analyzing it. I'm like, this is just putting something out there to give me a number so I can go to bookers across the country. And be like, Hey, I have 10,000 followers. Did any of those people follow me? Cause I posted good clips. No, but they might buy tickets. So that's all that matters. You know? I've seen comics that do that. They post fake clips, it goes viral, and then all of a sudden they stop posting clips. And then you look on their website and they're touring consistently for weeks on end. And I'm like, oh, you got what you wanted out of that. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's interesting. I, that's a good that's a good way. Comics get really mad when you talk about posting fake clips. Like they get really mad about it, but it's also like I'm not using those with the idea that I am I'm not looking at that as an indication of how good I am at stand-up. That is purely just a numbers game on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not setting out to be like a TikTok comedian. I'm setting out to be a comedian. You know what I mean? Like I want to go on the road. I want to tour. I want to have fun interactions with audience members. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm setting out to do. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of like how they say, like in the eighties and nineties, you would do stand up if you wanted to get on TV. It's like, all right, I'm getting on TikTok so I can do stand up so I can get on TV. You know, it's like a weird, <laughs> it's just one extra step, you know, but that's, you know, to me, it's like, I don't consider it real. And also I really don't have much of it. You can see, I have barely, I, I have, I, I had 900 followers a couple of days ago and I lost three of them. I'm very mad about that, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I think they were bots that followed me and I didn't follow them back. I think that's what it was. Yeah, had a Plus, couple. Uh, they're always always fluctuating because accounts are always getting banned and suspended, and yeah, that and too, fake accounts and things like that. So yeah. if you lose three, I mean, those are probably just three accounts that are no longer exactly. Over. But anyway, the that. point I'm point I'm making is that like I really don't have much of an audience. So is anyone gonna care? You know what I mean? Like if these videos don't work, I have forty of them. Like I'm not kidding. Like I'm posting consistently until December. Um, if it doesn't work. Who cares? I can take them down. No one's yeah, going to care. Exactly. You know, I have nothing. To, I'm not, I'm not a big name comic that like, if people see that they're going to think less of my brand, I don't really have one, but if it increases my follow count on social media and let's makes it easier to justify getting booked at clubs, then I got what I wanted out of it. And also, even if people don't like it, it's like, all right, well, I'm not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not exploiting anybody. Like I'm just posting mass produced clips like it does you know as far as i'm concerned it doesn't really matter so the worst that'll happen is you just won't get any attention on it yeah and that's fine like if it doesn't work i can delete them who cares you know mm-hmm. so that's you know uh, people like i said people when i tell them that i'm doing because i'm trying i don't want to like be like i'm hiding it it's like no i'm being very open about what i'm doing like it's mm-hmm. it's a game you know mm-hmm. and I, sometimes people are like what you're faking your clips i'm like yeah because it's not real like it's real <laughs> jokes like I did the work, like I do those at real shows and they kill. It's just, I don't get a good video of it because the venue's lighting is not meant for video, you know? So, yeah. you know, you Plus, gotta... I, mean, I mean, like you said, everything online content is fake. Like you see these, these clips on Facebook and not even of comedy, just of like people doing different things. And you're like, Oh, these yeah. are so fake. These are so fake, you know? And it's like, yeah. there's like 4,000 comments going, this is so fake, but guess like, what? Yeah, sure. It's getting a lot of attention. 
Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I've gotten comments like that on YouTube. People are like, you, you, what do you think, left track? You're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, you're engaging. I got what I wanted out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Even like, negative comments are, are still comments. Yeah. It's like, all right, I don't care. Like, I'm not, this isn't hurting anybody. You know, this isn't, uh, this isn't exploiting anybody. It's just a dumb video. If you don't like it, don't, you know, comment and watch it six times over, you know, like, please comment on it, like <laughs> it, uh, put it out there more. Um, yeah, I, I want to double down. I want to do, I want to do fake podcast clips. That's what I want to do. Oh, my, one of my friends does that. He'll get a, a little clip of Joe Rogan asking a question and then it'll cut to him, like answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm talking, I want me and like another comic to just do like sketches, like just of like podcast dudes, just doing typical podcast stuff and just script it and like, just post like shoot like 20 of them in a day and then just like post them for a couple weeks. Yeah. Dude, I want to do that. Fun fake man on the street interview like just fake it all like who cares you know all all it takes is one of them to catch lightning in a bottle and then all of a sudden you know you're uh you got ten thousand more followers than you did yesterday you know yeah yeah the best ones i've seen were like like the funniest one i saw was uh a woman who was like holding they had a huge microphone and they were holding it like this oh you like could this see they had a mic clipped to their shirt so the microphone they were like like holding on to and talking into wasn't even the right microphone. See, I kind of like that. It's just fake. It's just a prop. So it's just I found that one really funny cuz I feel I like, like that. the best way to like get people to talk about it is almost just being ridiculous about it. And being obviously oh, fake, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Like if it's really it's got to be fake enough though that it's like they think you might think it's real. Like if you yeah. know it's fake. <laughs> Like you gotta like eat the, right. they have to think the user thinks they're fooling people. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about what I wants to be the one to tell you that it's fake. Yes. Yeah, exactly. they want to be that. They want to. That's the internet in a nutshell. Is everyone has to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Yes. They gotta be like, uh, actually, uh, you're wrong, and uh, I figured it out. Here's an hour and a half long video about how you're faking clips. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Do I get a cut of the monetization on that since I gave you that content? I'll hey, take 50, so please. Uh, so you want to uh, you want to tell people where they can find your fake clips? <laughs> oh, please. Oh, yeah. Well, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, what's the last one? TikTok. Uh, I have the same handle on all of them. Uh, it's Brian Bucci. It's uh, B R I A N B O O C H Y. All one word, no underscore, none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so many accounts. Uh, on apps with the same handle i have a twitch account with that exact same handle just in case i've never used it but just in case that's great um, no that is yep. good just to sign up for him just take it, it easy reserve yep. it one day i'll get a blue sky one day um yeah uh you can find me on there uh, i post clips every monday and thursday they're totally real totally 100 percent real uh i mean they're real jokes like i've done them like i know i mean i'm you know whether or not you think they're funny or not is subjective, but you know, I audiences have generally given their approval on them. Um, and again, this will be afterwards, but yeah, I will be headlining at the comedy bar on Capitol Hill in Seattle, uh, April 11th. I'm sorry, August 11th, not April 11th. <laughs> um, you can catch me at the North Carolina comedy festival, uh, September 5th and 7th at the idiot box comedy club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, that's going to be a great festival. I mean, it's going to be me and a lot of other comics who are, I can personally say are really, really, really funny. So you're going to want to check that out if you're in the North Carolina area. 
Um, is this the end of the podcast or am I just plugging stuff? And then we got like <laughs> 20 more minutes. Uh, no, I was, I was wrapping up. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I was like, I, it'd be weird if you're like, anyway, so what's the rest of your life been like? <laughs> I want to say, though, I think it's cool because you're like, oh, I'm not doing much or whatever. And then you're headlining shows and you're on these festivals. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. The headline thing, that was, I mean, look, that's how it always goes. But like, it's it's happenstance. I happened to get in touch with uh, the venue at a time when they were looking to fill their lineup. And I, you know, I have a 30 minute video. You know, I have 10 minute videos. Like I have videos that I can send that are not publicly available, but I send them out to bookers. And, yeah. you know, yeah, same. I think having a 30, that's one of the things, that's one advice I will, if there's any advice I can give to other comics who are listening to this, who might want advice on how to work their way up, find a room, like a good private room, book all your friends, get them all to just come to the show book yourself do 30 minutes record it make sure it's a really good video and that will help you so much because i a lot of bookers outside of big cities they'll say like i want to book people and pay them a couple hundred bucks to do 20 30 40 minutes but if i don't see a video that proves you can do 30 you know i don't i can't book you you know so it's like have that proof bookers aren't watching the whole 30 minute video they just want to see it they just want to know it's there They'll watch the first couple minutes and then scrub through it and make sure it's, you know, not edited or anything. But that's that's a big advice. If you want to take the next step, if you feel like you have legitimately 30 minutes, just book a room somewhere for yourself and just invite all your friends, your family, do 30 minutes and uh, get a really good video of it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's good advice. That's solid advice. I might try to do that myself. Yep. But it's better if I, you know, six minutes of comedy and then I switch to SpongeBob for about 12 minutes and then come back to the comedy that is true yes because at least it'll give them something to watch <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. definitely that Hell sounded yeah. like more like a dig at you was not meant to be that i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i was not i was not trying to insult you or anything you son just, of a gun i'm sorry <laughs> no you're good you're good uh you can find me at funky sam medina across the board and i'm at she shines for you all spelled out no numbers and everything else is that hypothetical comedy awesome brian thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you for having me